This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence, where we give you the real agents inside the real agencies, giving you what? The real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Jason Cass, your host of Agency Intelligence, and I am excited that you're here, just like I always am. It, right now, it is 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.02 to be exact, on November 24th. And two days from now, we will be enjoying Thanksgiving and to be thankful for everything that we are as Americans and as humans. Um, I'm thankful for being able to do this podcast. I'm thankful for you as loyal listeners. Um, And you know that I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I truly enjoy doing this or I wouldn't spend all my damn time doing it. You mean a lot to me. You're my close family and I appreciate you. But today, um, before we go on, and actually a lot of you are like, Cass, it's like Christmas time, right? Because you're listening to this weeks later, but I just wanted to let you know live in person that I'm thankful for you. Today I'm bringing on Mr. Chris Martens, not Martens, it's Martens, which he says he's going to give us a story by that. His last name is, is M-A-R-T-E-N-S. S. So it's not like it's Mar- it's not like it's spelled Martins and then he wants to like change the name, right? Um, and then his first name, loyal listeners, is Christopher, but he said we can call him Chris. Now you know how much that always messes me up because then I'll go back and I'll call my buddy Christopher Cook, Chris Cook, and then he'll get mad at me and look at me and say, Are we not boys? And you're calling me like Cass, you know this more than anybody, right? So it just messes me up. So when I got Chris Paradiso on, I usually call him Christopher. Chris Martins, how are you doing, man? I am good, man. I am really good. Thank you for having me on here today. And I do appreciate that uh, very eloquent and very proper introduction. And I'm I'm sorry if I do kind of derail, you know, the relationships with your other boys. I don't want to be that guy that's the monkey wrench, you know, with your boys. But I, I, you know, nothing drives me crazier than when people do kind of mispronounce my name. I've been I've been living with it my whole life. It is. And it's and, and I knew immediately it was tens because it's the E N, you yeah. know, it would be really odd to be for it to be Martins, which is there are the tens, you know. So funny as English language, we just we decipher between those two letters, I and E, ten and ten, you know, ten and ten. You know, there's a difference there. And people wonder why this language is so hard, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I got C's on it. I mean. I guess well, I, and the way that I kind of go about it with people, because everyone's like, oh, man, how do you how do you pronounce it? And I say, you know, the, the simple ways I say M-A-R-T-I-N-S. How do you pronounce it? And everyone says Martins. And then I say M-A-R-T-E-N-S. And they go, oh, Martens. Martens. Yeah. And then sometimes people are like, oh, is that with an E, uh, a Z or an S? And I'm like, no, it's an S. And then I could see that. I could see yeah. that if you make the tens. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, um, so, and I get it, you know, if you're on the phone and, and people are asking how to, how to spell, how to spell it, 
Um, but this yeah. kind of goes back to um, kind of freshman year in high school, right? Um, it was so, you know, I grew up on Long Island and pretty much like everybody else that grows up on Long Island, you play lacrosse. Right. Okay. And so I, you know, I, I play lacrosse and, um, towards the end of the season, you know, as a freshman, uh, I got called up to the varsity team. Oh, this is great. You know, I, I, I'm all excited, you know, until you actually have to practice and, and I'm not a big guy. Right. And so when you're a freshman, there's a huge differential between me as a small person and then these like monsters that you think, right. These seniors. So I go and practice and I'm like a little skinny little midget. I'm like a hundred pounds. Right. So you know, this coach at the time, and, and I'll throw his name out there because he's, he's pretty he's pretty legendary, I think. His name is Gordy Hodson, okay? So Gordy Hodson, in the middle of the practice, you know, stops practice. Okay, everybody singles me out. How do you pronounce your last name? So, of course, uh, you know, I'm like, ooh, I got my mouthpiece in. I can't even talk. And he's like, take the mouthpiece out, kid. So I'm like, I'm like I, I don't know. And I'm sorry. He's like, what do you mean you don't know? How do you pronounce your last name? I, I, don't, I don't know. And then he goes on this tirade, right? He's like, my name is Hodgson. And it's spelled H-O-D-G-S-O-N. It's not Hodgson. It's Hodgson. You're going to go home tonight, and you're going to ask your parents how to, how to pronounce your last name. So what do I do? And I go home, and, of course, we're at the dinner table. And I'm like, uh, Mom, Dad, I'm like, so how to pronounce your last name? And my parents are like, oh, you know, my mom's from Australia. So she's just kind of got a whole take on, you know, things differently. And um, my dad's like, I, I don't know, whatever. And he kind of just fumbles through. So at that point I said, all right, I got to figure this out. And that's kind of when I said, all right, So I went back the next day and I was so proud of myself. Right. And, and I said, no, it's Martens. So ever since then, and then that kind of morphed into, you know, gotcha. different nicknames like Martinez and Chico Martinez and all sorts of stuff. But that's a whole nother can of work. But you, but you can go back to that time in lacrosse like, dude, right. like I don't really – and I know how to pronounce my name, but I'm really second-guessing it right now because this big authority figure is in my face asking me. You know what I mean? Oh, so, And I've got everyone staring at me. And, and, and you know how that is, like, and you're in high school, and it's like these defining moments. They're never good, right? They're yeah. like awful moments in, in, that you never forget. But they define you, and yeah. it's, I would say, from that time on, it's been Martens. Um, and how many yeah. of those defining moments do we not realize? Like, they're so overwhelming um, when, we're, when, when we're full of, 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 of hormones and we're trying to figure out who we are. Mm -hmm. um, that we still have those defining moments today. You know, mm -hmm. we still really do. It's just that the, um, the, the shock and awe of it, it's almost sometimes becomes accepting um, in, in those defining moments of us. And sometimes, like you said, they're not sometimes the greatest, but they're defining. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's important, right? Like that defining moment, the defining moments of our high school shape us. I think we lose sight of that once we get out of that, that we still have defining moments, probably when we're 75 and 80 years old, that are defining moments that turn and, and, and shape who we are a little bit. So that's, that's interesting. I always like trying to think about things like that because I always want to know deep down where we came from and why we do what we do. And there's a perfect example of it. You know, I like that. Great story. We've never started a, with a story. I'm a firm believer um, that you either, you know, you either win or you learn. And not to kind of jump ahead because I am a loyal listener of yours and I kind of mm -hmm. know the format a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I'm a big fan of, 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 of almost losing. Cause you learn more. Right. You know, when, when, when you, when you win a game, right. And you blow a team out and you watch the game tape, you don't learn anything from it. Right. You know, the game is an hour long. The game tape takes an hour, maybe a little bit less. Could you fair fast forward through it? Right. You mm-hmm. lose the game. That, that, that film session could take three hours. Because you right. back up, you look at it, you dissect, you learn from it. You don't you don't learn by winning, right? That's we right. make mistakes in winning, but we don't learn from them. So, yeah. and when you're watching yourself winning, and you think about watching that game tape, let's say, you know, if you if you think about it, you're really not paying attention to to your mistakes because you won, right? right. You're trying to look for those moments that solidified why you won didn't maybe make it you don't sometimes pay attention to the times that like well man if that would have went the other way we wouldn't have won you very rarely are looking at those but yet when you're losing that's everything you're looking at right you're trying to find those one times as as a coach you're trying to find those one things where you can say okay wait look right there the reason why we did good here is because look what happened right there versus the other 10 times that we didn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it's a defining because that loss makes you try to look for that good. And sometimes that win only has you looking for the win, right? And so mm-hmm. I think that that's, uh, that's something I've really never thought of before. By the way, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I think that was kind of my, my, my lead-in right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I'm going to throw I mean, the fairy ball out there. I actually like to lose. You like to lose because you like to I, learn. I, I like that's why because that's, I learn something every time. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I agree. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that thought process. I really don't. I also love people who say they love to win because they love the positive nature of it. You know what I mean? And that's fine. It, it doesn't mean that they hate the negative, but they, they thrive on that positivity. So that's that's fantastic. iPhone or, or, or uh, Droid? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go option C, man. If I could, my, my, my wife said to me like a week ago, she goes, she goes, God, man, remember that Blackberry Pearl? I go, oh, the best. I want a BlackBerry, but I'm in the iPhone ecosystem. I'm stuck. I'm crapped, right? Yeah. Why'd you like the BlackBerry so much? I get everything. Why'd you like the BlackBerry so much? Keyboard. Yeah. Straight up. I could just sit there. I could do stuff. You know, here I'm hunting and pecking. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of uh, of, of the touch. No, I'm not either. We're going to have to do something differently in the future. And we'll look back on it and go, how did we put our fingers around that? No, we just had a lot of misspelled words. And, you know, and the difference is, is how long does it take you? I can text faster than probably anybody. But if anybody's read my text, you can't understand them because I'm just going so fast. Right. But then I have my one friends I'm texting and I can tell that it's taking them forever because they want to read over their text. They want to put their little periods in there. And it's like it's text. You're just supposed to make it to where I can read it, right? It's yeah. supposed to be like five, 10, 15 words. Just get it out. If it needs to be more than that, then you need to call me, right? And so, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Hey, it was funny. I had this guy yesterday. This is a side note. I had this guy yesterday. My phone just kept ringing. And so finally I picked it up and it was Leroy, one of my clients. I said, Leroy, I said, what are you doing? He was like, hey, da, da, da. He's like, I tell you what, I got this Snapchat on my phone and it's telling me that I'm getting uh, – because he's in his 80s. He's like, I, it's telling me that I'm getting a bad driving record because of this Snapchat. And I was like, Snapchat? I was like, what are you talking about? And, he, and so he's telling me about, come to find out, his wife, he doesn't have a cell phone, but he wanted to get that uh, discount with Progressive. So he, uh-huh. so my team told him, and my team, they were, he was in our office, and my team put it on his wife's phone, 
right? Well, the problem with it is, is every time she's always in the passenger seat, Leroy says, so she's always over there using her phone and it's making it, his rates go up. I said, Leroy, I said, there's a little button that pops up at the beginning says, is this you driving or not? And he goes, well, she always says no. And I'm like, yeah, but Leroy, so that means it thinks it's you driving, you know? And so I'm going through this whole thing and he is getting upset with me, even though he knows me and, and stuff, because he keeps telling me it's not progressive. It's Snapchat. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, Leroy, go back out to the phone. Tell me what you're pushing on, you know? And he's like, well, it says progressive and it's got a P, but when I open up, that's Snapchat, you know? Oh my gosh. It was, I mean, I'm just sitting on the phone just thinking to myself, I'm like, does my staff go through this every day, all day? You know what I mean? I just happened to pick up the damn phone because I saw it was Leroy and my my staff was busy. Isn't this the greatest business in the world, by the way? (laughs) In no other business, right? Do they encounter... Um, you know, conversations like this. I think any of no. the other industry would be like, I'm sorry, you need to go talk to your other people. Like, I need to go. Like, no, no, no. But insurance agents, yeah, no. yeah, I'll come over to your house and I'll I'll do Leroy, it. Get it out. Leroy, get, go over to her and tell her you need your phone. She's not going to give me her phone. Well, Leroy, you're seeing somehow that it says Snapchat on it. I mean, you know, and it's so funny because older people are so confident. Like, listen, you little 42-year-old pest. Get, listen to what I'm saying to you, you know, and I'm trying. I'm really trying. But anyways, yeah. You got to add marriage counselor to your, uh, to your list. Yeah, or just don't answer the damn phone and let the team do it. Because Saren then tells me, she was like, oh my gosh, this was a problem when we had him with Erie. It's the same thing, you know, but they want to get it. Um, and I, I I told her, I said, did they really want this discount? She's like, Jason, we didn't want to put it on there, but they saw it on TV. So they want this thing. Sure. Oh, it's funny. It's never funny. a dull moment. Oh man, never a dull moment. Anyways, don't even know how we got that. What's the last app that you downloaded for that iPhone you have there? Ooh. I did it the other day. Oh, God. Can I look at my phone? I promise you can. I won't hold it against you. Hold on. Let me see. So I'll scroll back here. All right. Embarrassingly. (laughs) We love transparency. It was Khan Academy. Khan? Hey. For what? For the kids? What's that? For the kids or for you? I'm going to say for the kids. Yeah. Okay. No. I mean – it because, and I'll tell you why, Jason, and, and I think this, I'm, I'm thinking this might ring true with you. So, right, I've got uh, I've got an 11-year-old and I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old, both girls, both lovely daughters, way intelligent, you know, but the 11-year-old, you know, comes home from school and uh, we got to do math. Math was not my strong point, Jason, right? And um, I, even if it was, I, I it was years ago. What's that? <laughs> Even if it was your strong point, it was years ago. Right. Yeah, Dude, this was like 24, 25 years ago. So I have to go on, on like Khan Academy on Utah, YouTube, and I got I to gotta do the math with her at the same time. So I just downloaded I I, I got to like do the math before she gets home now. Yeah. Be a good dad. Really? Um, that was it, the last it, iPhone app that I downloaded. Yeah. So I feel so sorry for my wife. My wife is going through this. She doesn't even ask me. So, yeah, because I just I can't. I don't know. Um, the Khan Academy, thank God they have things out there uh, for people like you and I to figure this stuff out. You know, it's, um, you know, as we talk about it uh, on this stuff, there's a big, huge conversation I've been having a lot lately with uh, a lot of my friends 
who are all in the same situation as us and here in America and around the world. Um, and that uh, the common core math, right? It's so tough because I'm just going to tell you for any of you out there right now, everybody who tries to do it with their kids, they hate it. They say, why in the hell are we like teaching our kids this? It's the reason why, as we know, that we're behind in math. Like, it, believe it or not, other countries don't have to use calculators when because the way their brain is taught on common core math. You break everything down to where it's in fives or tens, you add those up, and then you add those together and you get the answer. And it allows them to do it in their head a lot more. And it makes sense, but like I just, my friends, they're against it. And I just say to them, like, have you ever tried to take 27 times 35 in your head? It is so hard to figure out to carry. And then, okay, what number was that below? And was that in line with this one? But if you do, if you really look at the common core math way of doing 27 times 35, it's long, but it's in smaller steps, which means my brain can remember all that. My brain can't remember carrying and all that stuff, but my brain can remember that I just added 10 together and I just added 15 together. Now that's 25, right? It can, it can, it can remember that. So have you been having this conversation about Common Core Math or any? I'm, this has been a big conversation over the last month or two with me and my friends. I don't know if my, my 11-year-old daughter is there yet, right? Uh, so she's in, um, in sixth grade. I don't think she's at that math level yet, or although she yeah. might be, and I'm just I'm behind maybe. Well, no, 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 and also the school. Not every school district does it. That's yeah. a big thing right now. Yeah. Um, also, some of the, and and not only some school districts also leaving it up to some teachers. I mean, so some some of my friends are like, we're not doing Common Core at all, like in ours. That's that's the the point of the conversation is that we have two six year olds or sixth graders who are being taught two different ways by parents who are like because some of the parents are potting is what it's called into where um, you'll have a one parent who's really good at math. So four or five kids go to that parent's house on Monday. One parent's really good at English. So everybody goes to that parent's house on Tuesday. Yeah. Right. And so it kind of allows them to be, well, it's kind of hard when you go to math and some kids are learning common core and some kids aren't, you can't put those kids in the same grade in the same class because like they can't relate to each other. And the teacher goes crazy. And, and, and this and, is the agency. And these yeah. days, you know, everything's just so dislocated, you know, um, schools might be like, listen, let's just kind of dial it back this year because to teach it in a classroom is, is hard enough as it is. And now to do it remotely or virtually or whatever the case may be, I, I don't know is the answer. Um, and, uh, but I will, say, you know, kind of along those lines, it, there, you know, let's just kind of look at the whole period of time right now, right? You know, yeah, there's there's a lot of horrible things going on and a lot of people getting sick and a lot of people laid off and unemployed and whatnot and businesses, small businesses getting and shut down. Right. Um, there's a lot of silver linings, though. There's a ton and, of silver linings. And, and you kind of touched on one of them, Jason, when you kind of talk about the pods. Right. You know, let's say you've got this parent over here and then this parent's got strong points. Right. I've never spent so much time outside over the past six to eight months with other families, you know. Uh, with your own it's kind of cool it's like it's like the 50s i think it really truly is it really, yeah. my wife and i were talking about the same thing the other day yes it really is keep people are out i mean mm -hmm. when's the last time a loyal listener that you went on a walk in the park or in the woods with your kids it's okay to admit it's been years or it's been three years or whatever mm -hmm. it's been but you've done it three times this year Right. That, and that's OK. That's OK. That's what Mother Nature does. Mother Nature has a way of resetting us, you know. 
and 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 along those lines, I went to um, I took my dogs to kind of to go on the trails on Saturday, and it was it was actually really nice around here. I'm in Connecticut, and it was like 70 degrees. Um, and I'm kind of pulling into the park, and as I'm driving by, you can see the whole parking lot. It was packed. Packed. Yeah. When I got in, I had to like just make a parking spot. This is Saturday, like three o'clock, packed. And instead yeah. of kind of saying, "Oh man," I was like, "No, this is great." This is a, it hasn't been this way in years. So it I hasn't. Think it's people awesome. People are, you know, they haven't been in the park in three years. They're now going all the time. Dogs everywhere. There's no dogs to be rescued or adopted. Awesome. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. It really, really, truly is. That's that's another good point I didn't think about. Uh, skill or luck's gotten you to where you are. Which one would you say has been more a factor than the other? That's a tough one, man. Um, I, I'm kind of one of those people that, you know, I think people create luck. I think, I think you know, you put in enough time, put enough hard work, things happen. Um, I don't know. Has that been the story? Has that been the? Has that been the story of your life? I, I think so. You know, I I grew up very very modest beginnings, very modest family. Um, and born in Long Island, you said. Yeah, yeah, on on Long Island. Yeah, on Long oh, Island in a town yeah. called Beth Page. So very kind of middle of the road, you know, uh, blue collar. Um, but we had a real cool cool kind of work ethic there in town. A very athletic town. I had a great group of friends. It was kind of a um, just a real cool athletic class of kids. And um, I don't think we, we didn't really have the money to go on vacations. So we kind of just played sports all the time. And we kind of just worked at stuff like that. And we had great coaches and great teachers. So we were fortunate um, that that's all we kind of knew. I don't think we had things given to us. Yeah, yeah. Things given to us. That's an issue. Yeah. So you do high net worth uh personal lines you yeah. do tell us exactly what do you do on a daily basis you're not an agency owner tell us who you are and what you do that's correct so i am not an agency owner i am a a, a producer my, my title is personal risk specialist um i work for usi insurance services and my specialty is kind of high net worth um high value homes and and assets really that's kind of how i prefer to look at things um, a lot of the clients and prospective clients that we deal with, you know, they've got multiple residences, um, they've got multiple cars kind of spread out. They have different ownership structures, uh, whether it's LLCs, trusts, whatnot. Um, you got family offices, um, you have a lot of assets under management. So it's, it's a totally different. What does that mean? A lot of assets under management. What does your average client look like as far as premium or asset wise? Um, I would say they probably have, you know, I, I don't really like to look at premium because that can kind of change. Um, you know, I would say sometimes these folks have about $5 million of assets, you know, liquid assets. 
uh, on, their, your, on their balance sheet. Um, okay. and, and a lot of what we do is, is more, yeah, sure. You know, we look at property, absolutely. But, but property can sometimes be finite, right? You know, there's, there's a replacement cost and, and sure that can vary depending on, on, on whether it's catastrophic and, and whether more things happen at the same time and almost like surge pricing. But um, I, I like to focus on liability. Okay. Um, what know, is that? Well, you know, when you've got, you know, unfortunately we we're, we live in a litigious society, right? Amen. And if, if, if a regular person gets into a car accident, you know, there, there could be a dollar amount attached to that. Right. But someone with multiple zeros, maybe um, in a bank account gets to a car accident. There could be additional zeros in that lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it's just the nature of, of the world we live in right now. And I find it extremely important to make sure that we kind of protect that exposure that we're guarding against the catastrophic situation. Um, Chris, isn't that what everybody does? What's that? Isn't that what everybody does? Um, I think that what I'm trying to do is is trying to protect the assets and stuff like that. What, how do you, how are you positioning that a little differently? You're dealing with a different clientele maybe. Sure. Yeah. I I think, like I said, it's folks that have, uh, have, have accumulated a lot of wealth, you know, whether it's been inherited or it's been accumulated, whether there's, you know, the, the selling of a, of a multi-million dollar business, you know, whatever the case is. Um, so do you write their auto and their home and stuff, or do you do their investments? I mean, what, how exactly are you protecting them? Sure. Straight property and casualty. Okay. No, no investments related. That's another advisor of theirs. Um, but that's another thing. We, you know, we liaise with, with their tax advisors. We liaise with their investment advisors. We liaise with their legal advisors. The real you almost have to with those big dogs, don't cool. you? I mean, that's, that's a, that's a thing. I've got a friend, um, he lives in New York and he works for, um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of it right now. Anyways, it's a, it's a family, uh, company. I'm just making this up. This is not it, but like the Rockefellers, the Rockefellers have like a family business that has a lawyer in it, has a accountant, has a CPA, you has all the insurance and everything. And like, if you're part of that family, like that's where you go, you go to that, to that place. And then they, because they all know the family and they take care of it like that. Mm -hmm. And I know when they're doing it, like he was telling me, he has an in the Marine, that's $245 million. Correct. Is it two, is a two hundred and forty five million dollar in the Marine, not premium or revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking like yeah. that's that's the schedule of it, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it's like holy shee And then come to find out that's only like a couple of bracelets and some paintings, you know. And it's like Jesus criminy, well, that, you know. So is that is that something similar to what you're exactly, doing? That's a perfect example. I think you've kind of put it the right way. And, and sometimes maybe I'm a little kind of shy to kind of open. You know, open up when I'm talking about clients. I, you know, I try okay, to be. I'm a host. It's just my job here. I know. Yeah. I know how to get this stuff out of you. Yeah, but but and and but when you kind of talk, you know, we talk about assets, right? These assets aren't always in kind of, you know, brokerage accounts. There's artwork. There's jewelry. There's there's so many things. There's there's, um, you know, and 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 you know, the Inland Marine, one of the best policies ever created, right? But, you know, so a lot of the stuff that we do, similar to what you just said, is, is Inland Marine, you know, and it's it's worldwide coverage because people have have stuff all over the world. And, and um, are you getting your clients because you already have that clientele and that's where you're getting is off referrals or where are you networking? How are you finding yourself or putting yourself in position to find more of these people? Sure. Um, I kind of fashion myself almost like an old school prospector. 
I I really like and 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 this blows people's minds sometimes. Yeah, that's cool. I like cold calling, man. It is yeah. not dead. And not saying this because I'm on the podcast here. I, I I would say this to anybody. I truly like calling up and and saying, hey, listen, here's what I do. I'd, I'd love to you know love to have a conversation with you guys. Um, I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to be the guy that comes in and tries to break up a 20 year relationship. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm not going to badmouth any agents, agencies or companies. It's not what I do. I'm a steward of the industry, just like yourself. Um, but we got to look at situations and, and say, Hey, listen, is this done correctly? Is this done optimally? And are we kind of, a lot of times do you run into people? A lot of times do you run into high value people as say the dude or the dude that is sitting with 5 million in assets and they're with uh, state farm. You know, or just they're just with the normal. And then, I mean, to you, do those are those sometimes harder to convince or are those sometimes easier? Does it depend on the client? Does some of them get insurance? Some of them don't, you know, dealing with high clientele. What's their mindset? Sure. Um, well, it's kind of like, you know, it's like everything else. There's different personalities in, in society. Um, some people don't know what they don't know and they're opening to listening. Some people value, you know, what we do and some don't. You know, some have, have have very, very tight relationships with with insurance companies like USA and right, State right. Farm. And I'm not going to go and try to break that up. Right. Right. And maybe yep. they had a great claims experience. Then it's perfect. That's a great fit for them right now. Mm -hmm. You know that I don't want to kind of I don't want to spin my wheels and I don't want to sit there and, and, and upset them by telling them that, hey, this is not the right company. Well, who are some of your largest carriers, okay. Chubb? What's that? Nationwide Premier. Who's some of your largest carriers? Chubb, Nationwide Premier, Ace, who are you using? Well, I always like to answer this in alphabetical order because I love all my companies just the same. Um, <laughs> got, there's about six or seven kind of in the high net worth space right now. You've got AIG, you've got Berkeley One, you've got Chubb, you got Cincinnati, you got Nationwide Private Client, you got Pure, and you got Vault. Wow. Okay. So those are right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. A lot of competition right now, which is great. But if you went back probably five or ten years ago, Jason, you were almost down to two at one point. Yeah, that's because there was consolidation, right? You had Fireman's Fund, um, you had Ace. They had been uh, acquired. So we're at a kind of really cool time right now because we have competition, but at the same time, you're seeing a, a hardening market. You're seeing some really tough years from catastrophic weather in Florida and California and, and elsewhere in the country. So it's kind of a mixed bag right now. And you're seeing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, the reinsurance market, especially down in Florida, is getting really hard. You've got a tough market down there with some other factors playing in. How many states do you write in? We, we write in all 50 states plus international. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're getting your leads sometimes off somebody or are you just straight up, when you pick up the phone to cold call, where's your list? What's your prospecting list? Where are you getting that from? People you just met out there, people you've been referred to. Are you uh, calling the rich man's club and saying, Hey, I want to help you with your insurance. What are you, what are you doing? I, I would say there's a handful of different buckets, right? You know, we, we've okay. got, uh, we've got people that we've got current clients that uh, refers, you know, their family and friends and whatnot. Uh, okay, we've man. got financial advisors that we work in to support and integrate with their clients. We've gotcha. got estates attorneys, uh, real estate uh, advisors, you know, realtors. Um, Chris, are those some relationships that you've created or are those relationships? I'm only asking questions that I know loyal listeners are thinking about. Sure. Are those relationships that you have created or are those relationships your agency has created and you've nurtured? And if you have created some of those, how did it come about? I would say the bulk I've probably created myself. Okay. Um, and that's just me though. Right. right. I, I'm a, right. a big relationship guy. I think this is a, I think the whole world is based off relationships. Um, 
they start in all different ways, honestly, Jason. And I'm going to try to kind of expand, you know, the best I can for the people listening. You know, it can be something as simple as having a conversation at the dog park, right? There's people I meet there. You know, I, I belong to a handful of different associations. Um, so yeah. you meet a lot of folks there. And I think the more time you kind of just spend in the professional world, um, you just meet more people if that's how you go about doing it, right? How long have you been doing it, Chris? Um, I've been in the insurance world uh, since 2014. Oh, wow. So you've been yeah. in six years. So you're still, still, yeah. So you're and, young and killing it. All right. Fantastic. Let me kind of, let me just expand on this a little bit because there, here's a topic. Yeah. You know, I spent, um, I spent uh, probably about 15 years on Wall Street because, that, oh, wow. you know, that's kind of what everyone does here. And I'm looking out the window here. Um, this is kind of what everyone, I feel like everyone does in the Northeast, right? You grow up mm -hmm. on Long Island. You go to college or you grow up in New Jersey, you grew up in Westchester, you go to college and then everyone graduates and comes down to New York City and goes to work on Wall Street. And that's what I did. Some people do it for six months, two years. Some people do it for 15 years. Some people do it their whole lives. Right. So that's what I did for 15 years. Met a, a ton of great people, had a ton of um, great memories. But, do you really make all the money? Now this is getting interesting. <laughs> Not that this podcast has been, but do you really make all the money? Do, do you could you really go there and in three years be making two, three, four hundred thousand dollars a year? The answer is yes. But like anything else, okay. So you know, everyone says, "Oh, just go to Wall Street, you make a ton of money." You gotta, you gotta understand. I was on a five fifteen or a five fifty train every day in New York City. I was up, you know, 4.30 in the morning. I was doing work, right? I was sending out emails at 7, 7.30 in the morning. We're probably 7, 7.15 in the morning. We had a daily meeting at 7.30. There's a lot goes on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. A lot of time invested, a lot of hard it's work. A young, it's a young man's game or a young person's game. It, it, it's, it's a young man's game. It's a, it's a fun game. You know, yeah, I, spent, I, I spent my whole life on trading desks. I, I, I think everybody should spend time on a trading desk. How long, and then, and then, okay. And then how long would you work after? Because the markets close at three. I mean, what, what do you, what do you, do you guys work until eight or nine and then it's back up at four 30 in the morning? No. What does that day life look like? It's like every, and this is for trading desk folks, right? So every day kind of starts at seven, you know, you're on the, on the desk at seven. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, the meetings first, first meeting of the day is at seven fifteen and seven thirty, And then in New York, right. The market closes at four. Four. You kind yeah. Of, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Four, yeah. So, you know, you kind of wrap some things up. Maybe you're kind of looking for earnings, depending on earnings season or, or any kind of announcements, you know, to relay to customers. And then you're kind of done on that aspect. But there is still a social aspect and a business development aspect because the folks that you're kind of competing for and competing against during the, during the day on the field, right, in the proverbial field, you're now kind of meeting for drinks or you're kind of taking to go to dinner or whatever else. So it can be a long day at times. Oh, I bet. Yeah, but it is. I mean, if, if you're going to be an athlete in high school and, and, a, and an athlete in college, this can be a very logical fit because there's an opening bell and a closing bell, and, it, and the whole time in between, you're competing. It's fun, and no two days are the same. Yeah, I can. Dude, I'm trying to get my son to go right now. He's 21 years old. He loves finance. He loves investments. Um, you know, he, he, he wants to really, really bad. And I wish in like Travis in my office is a financial guy, sure. but Travis is not in the situation where Travis wants to hire him. I want my son to go work for somewhere else, you know, and he just is always on me about this investing stuff. And I just told him, I said, you know what? 
how much how 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 long do you think you can make to I give you six months worth of money, get your ass to New York and just go there and get a job and see if you could do this. And if you can't, just come back, you know? I'm trying to get him to do it. I really would. If he went out there, do they do they just take anybody off the street and if you don't make it, they just churn you right back out? I mean, how how's that work there? Here's how I'm gonna answer that. If 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 there was a place that that's how they would do it, I wouldn't recommend that you send your son or daughter there, right? Right. Yeah. You, you want you want a kind of place that's going to say, okay, this is a a a, a person that we want to, you know, is it's almost like a a mental athlete, right? We can take them, we can teach them the skills, we're going to invest in them because they're going to be successful, right? If, yeah. You know, I think ah, throw him to the wolves. I like that shit. Get him out there. He'll be good. He'll make it. He's trust me, don't throw him to the wolves. Oh, you're gonna learn yeah. by fire. <laughs> yeah. learn. Oh, trust me. I gotta I gotta tell you another story. I so I got into the business in 98, 99, right? And tried a couple years under my belt. And then I got I would I don't know, I thought it was a promotion a little bit at the time. You know, I got asked to go from the Nasdaq trading desk to what was called the listed desk. And that's when they traded um Kind of New York Stock Exchange stocks, and um, the uh, the head of the desk there is guy Dan McMahon. He said, "All right, you're gonna come come work with us, and I'm gonna you're gonna work in between me and this other guy, John Recca. Okay, two old school Wall Street traders, right? And I was like, "This is great, you know, step up, you know." Oh my God, talk about! So I'm a couple years in the business. These guys took me down to they broke me down. There were so many bad habits, so many bad things. They broke me down. And then they built me up their way. Oh my God, it, it was it, I, it was it was amazing. But I th- I'm not I'm not really sure how I survived. These guys were tough, man. Tough. Yeah. I'm still forever in debt to these two guys. I will never tell them. But it, you know, it was such a great learning experience. But just that it was. I can't explain. I can't really put words in it. But it, I mean, how old were you during this time? What's that? How old were you during this time? Twenties and your thirties, or what? Yeah, twenties. Yeah, twenties. Wow, dude. Yeah, making money in New York, being yeah. top by the. Oh man, you were making yeah. that was fun. I bet you that yeah. was fun time. But then you probably have more damn stories, and you know what to do with from that yeah. time. I've I've forgotten some of the stories, but there's but believe me, you know people do remind you, and like, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the ones that you want to forget about, you know. Yeah. But then you know, just to kind of widen out the lens a little bit, so I did work on Wall Street for 15 years, but. What I always remind people is, so when I came to the insurance world, it was more of a homecoming for me because my family, my grandmother, uh, owned an insurance agency on Long Island called Seaman and Eisner. Now, my grandmother was the president of the agency, and I always kind of trip up here. They sold the agency. I think I was either in uh, a, a, either in junior high or a, or in – I can't remember if I was in high school or college. They, said, they ended up selling it. Basically, no one in the family went to work for the agency. Everyone went to work on Wall Street or or in the law, you know, in in the legal arena. So the mm-hmm. would take over. So for me, this was kind of more of a homecoming. And as I've been in the industry, I've really kind of delved back into the family history. And I, you know, I, I I'd asked my dad so many questions, you know, over the past couple of years, um, and I'd try to dig up stuff. So it, it was kind of more of a homecoming for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. That's cool, man. That that's really really cool. I mean, you really. I just I was on on the phone talking to my son last night for 
for probably 15, 20 minutes. And it was about this thing. I told his mom, I'm like, he has got to go, you know, go work at Edward Jones or something. I don't think Edward Jones is what he's wanting. He He's thinking like high, the life you were talking about, fast pace, yeah. buying and selling, trading stocks. And I think if he gets into Edward Jones, he might fall asleep, to be honest with you. But um you know that's that's for him to learn like i tell him just try things so so chris i mean kind of wrapping this up i do appreciate this has been wild this is not so much wild it's just been we've been all over the place and this is the story in the life of uh of an insurance agent and and there's things that people may say well you know i didn't take away it's so crazy sometimes the podcasts that i think well that was a good conversation are the ones that people pull the most from you know it's the real life experiences mm -hmm. it's being able to ask you the questions as they come back and for anybody who's out there you've been in it for six years maybe there's someone out there who's been doing it for six years maybe they want to find a different thing let me ask you this. Let's let's do this and wrap up this way. How did you realize that this was your niche? How did you realize? Well, did it come from the relationships you had created when you were on Wall Street? Or how did you get out and say, this is going to be the niche that I'm going to go after? Sure. Um, well, so let me just let me just talk about the industry in general, right? Okay. So when I kind of first got in this industry, um, someone had said, listen, why don't, why don't you study for the for the test for like two weeks. And then after, you know, tell me if you still want to do it. Right. So I got the books and, and I studied for two weeks. And I said, this is the coolest thing in the world. And I can't believe I'm even saying that. Right. I know. I know. I, I know. It's weird. And, and the person was like, so what do you think? I was like, this is amazing. And here I am. I'm not like young at the time. Right. And I was like, this is so cool. I didn't even know all this stuff. So I mm -hmm. studied the test and, and kind of dove in. And then like, I think probably most people, you're a generalist when you first begin, you know, right. you're, you're totally. You learn about workers' comp. You learn about commercial, and you're probably starting the small commercial world. And then maybe you you learn a little bit about employee benefits, and then there's personal lines. And then I think for me, given the area that I live in, uh, the people that I kind of know, um, I, I just found it really interesting about the high net worth personal lines space. Mm -hmm. I think it's 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 you get really granular. Um, it is different from a commercial property uh, policy form, but a lot of these uh, families, they're almost like small commercial entities when you look at it. And it, it is are. a combination of taxes, law, uh, uh, financial assets. It's just a really interesting dynamic. Um, but here's what I would say to anybody that's either getting into the industry or been in the industry for a handful of years and might not find traction. I, I, am, a, I am a believer that, that you got to have a specialty. You know, anybody that's a mile that's wide it. and an inch deep, I think you're a master of, of, of nothing. You know what I mean? Um, I think you got to find something that maybe you're a little passionate about. You know, and sometimes the market finds you. You know, I, I love collector cars also. I've never had a collector car, but I love hanging out with these people. Right. You love yeah, and car you shows and, it, and for, it's been unfortunate for the past couple of months because we haven't had them. But I met a guy from Haggerty, right? This guy, Will Core. Look him up. Cool guy. Will Will Core, right? C-O-R-R. -R. He was one of the first guys I met at Haggerty. He's taught me so many things. Like he 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 takes me to the you know the Greenwich Concourse and these other things. And it's just such a cool world. And that's what I, I kind of was like, wow, this is awesome. I like these people, and these are the people that I want to, you know, I want to make my clients. Yes, I do too, really man. Cool. I I, th I think you're I really do. I think that you are um uh, uh, singing the praise of a lot of 
I love what you said. Like you started, you started studying and you're like, wow, this stuff is like really cool. Right. Like I was the same exact way. I mean, it's, it's, and, and so many of you loyal listeners out there listening, it's so weird that it was so, but it, it was like the most interesting thing that I had, that I had learned in a while. And then when I sat down and pe- I realized other people didn't know it, right? And then it even made better. And then when they relied on me for it, yeah. I was like, wow, this is even better. And then I sold it and I got paid and I'm like, wow, this is even better. And then 12 months later went by and I didn't really do much and I got paid again. And I'm like, this is not better. This is the greatest thing in the world. You know what I mean? And, and, and it was like, wow, um, financial freedom, flexible schedule community contributor, empire builder, and mentor. Go ahead. It's one of the greatest. And I, I'm not, again, I'm not saying this because I'm on the podcast. I say this to my daughters. I, my wife is like rolling her eyes every time I get into this. It's the greatest business in the world, right? Because there is something about that impairment, right? If you if you teach yourself something, okay, people are going to call you and say, hey, I need help. Or teach me, about, you know, I need help with this. You know, and then think about the insurance world. Whether you've been in it 20 years, 50 years, or you've been in it for, for 20 minutes, 50 minutes, tomorrow's a new day. It constantly changes because it's adapting to the world. So to anybody that's either new or it's been in it, you've got such an opportunity because tomorrow it resets. Everyone's at the same same starting line. That's right. And there's there's such an educational component, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like over these – one of the things I did, you know, since we kind of been stuck at home, was was I finished getting my my CIC designation, you know, from the uh, National Alliance? Yep. One of the best things I've ever done. I mean, what an smart. amazing group of folks over there. I, I'm still blown away every time I, get, I do one of these courses. They're so smart and they're so willing to teach, right? And then mm-hmm. the year before that, I got my CPRIA designation, which is uh, the Private Risk Management Association's designation. It's the Chartered Private Risk and Insurance Advisor. I think um, yep. uh, the gentleman from from Kelly Clee, right? Yeah, that's right. Bob Clee. Also, right? There's Bob so Clee rocks. in this insurance world to give people and to empower. It's one of the greatest industries in the world. Truly is. Leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And I know that you're a leader. So what are you reading right now? Oh, God. I'm looking over because I'm in, I'm in my bedroom, right? Uh, yeah. I'm looking over my nightstand. I got like 10 books over there. But I'm just going to say one of the greatest books that I, I, I think anybody should read is Atlas Shrugged. What is it? Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged. Wow. I've never heard of that. Oh, man. It's 1,200 pages. Jesus Christ. 1,200 pages. <laughs> I recommend anyone go read it. One of the, it's my Bible. It really is. Wow. One of the greatest books in, in the world. Yeah. Okay. We will do that. Yeah. And it's important to know what you're reading. And we also know when to watch what you're watching. Sometimes people don't like to watch TV. Okay. But I think at the end of the day, everybody has their 20 minutes, their hour. Yeah. I don't know what people do once they get their kicks on Netflix. If they spend their time watching Amazon Prime, I don't care if it's you and your boo watching Hulu. But even though it's a little bit of time, what? Are you watching, Chris? Oh, hands down, The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian, really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, okay. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. It so okay. Good. It is so good. Um, what's it about, real quick? Give me a 10 second what's about. Sure. Well, if, you know, I grew up like you probably did, you know, Star Wars was, was you know, the be all mm-hmm. and all. So one of the char- characters in there, I think, is, um, you know, he's a bounty hunter, 
I think. Now I'm like kind of butchering yeah. this. But basically, don't, it has don't worry to do about it. I don't know. About it's it. kind of the tribe. You know, it, it focuses mm-hmm. on the tribe and it focuses on the one guy kind of in that tribe. It's so good, man. Okay. Uh, like I love that. Long. Yeah. Super. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Man, and last, um, before I wrap it up, any last thing you want to say, man? Yeah. Keep doing this. And I'll tell yeah. you, Jason, you probably don't realize how good your podcasts are. And this is not a plug again because I'm on here. Wow. Interesting. Appreciate that. You probably don't realize, like, I, I, I listen to these things all the time, whether I'm out for a walk, whether I'm working out, or, or whether I'm driving in the car. And mm-hmm. I would I would encourage everybody to keep doing this. Uh, um, the, the the amount of people you're reaching, right? Like I'm some random dude in Connecticut that reached out to you, right? Right. Yeah, I've that's been listening true. to these things. So there's a perfect example right there. So that's what I would say. Just keep doing it, man. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. I really, really, truly do. And I appreciate you coming on here and telling us your story. We always like to connect. We always like to hear where different paths have led um, to the same greatness that we have all found, right? But all all paths uh, came from different uh, starts. And I do appreciate you coming on. I do appreciate you sharing your time with us. I think that we'll get to meet each other more. Uh, make sure, I don't know if you're going to know, but in August or in April, there's the IAOA, which is the Independent Insurance Agency Owners Association. You got to be an owner to be that. Um, but that's a, that's a good one. I don't know if you go to any other events. We're going to have brain share next October. So stay tuned as a loyal listener and we'll find out some more about this stuff and maybe we'll meet one day and have a cold, refreshing beverage together. Brother, I'm looking forward to it, man. We'll get there soon. I appreciate that very much. Hey, loyal listeners, you know that I do what I do because I do it for you. And today has been Agency Intelligence, where I gave you a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This has been Cass. He's Martens, and we are out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? 
podcast certified.